So, I'll teach him to invite me to do this. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, now it's time for the scripture. So you're invited to get out your Bible or your Bible app or there are Bibles in the chairs in front of you. Um, and the gospel reading today is the gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Um, and if you would like to take a Bible home with you, you may. Got more in the back. So. Um, so, very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and abandoned. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, David. I invite you all to keep your Bibles open to John chapter 10 or keep your apps open if that is what you are using as we continue to explore this scripture passage together. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Several years ago, with some printed directions in my hand, I landed in Newark Airport. I was headed to a seminary in New Jersey where I had been accepted, and I was going to tour the place to see if I wanted to attend there. This was before smartphones, so the administrative assistant who helped me plan the trip actually emailed me my travel steps. You land in Newark. You find the AirTran, you take that to New Jersey Transit, you take a New Jersey Transit train to the one car train that we call the Dinky, I'm not joking, the Dinky. You take the Dinky to the edge of the university campus and then you cross the street to the seminary campus. You walk all the way through the seminary campus to the glass building to the left of the library and then ring the doorbell. So I had those directions in my hand, and I followed them to a T, I promise, but I did not account for train delays. So at one point, the conductor actually assisted me in jumping the tracks to get on another train so I could stay on the schedule, and it was dark outside. This was all a bit much for a girl from rural Texas who had never even ridden a city bus. I finally made it to the university, I crossed the street to the seminary, I got lost on the seminary campus, and I could not find the glass building, and it was 10.30 at night at that point. A kind student who was leaving the library stopped and 
gave me directions, and so I finally made it to the glass building. And I rang the doorbell because the door was locked, and there was no response. I could see through the doors. I could see through the walls. It was glass. There was no one at the front desk. The place looked empty. I felt the tears welling up because here I was, a young adult, very far from home. I didn't know anybody in the area, and I had no idea what I was going to do. I could see inside, but I could not open the door. It's a common human experience to be on the outside looking in. It was common even for Jesus, who certainly belonged in his community as the son of Joseph. But remember, there were those questionable details about his birth. And here he is as a carpenter cavorting with fishermen and tax collectors and women, claiming to know something about the kingdom of God. And lately, he's been making some strange claims about himself, too, These strange claims provide the foundation for our current worship series, I Am Seeing Life Through Stained Glass. And of course, this series is based on the seven I Am statements of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of John and the six windows that we find in the back of our sanctuary on either side of the big Jesus window. First, in John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And we talked about how when we share bread together, when we break bread together in communion, and any time we share a meal, we are nourishing our bodies and our souls and our relationships. In chapter 8, Jesus talks about being the light of the world. I am the light of the world, he says. And we talked last week about how adopting the worldview of Jesus sheds light on other people's situations, teaches us not to judge. That brings us to the statement in John that, J- that David read this morning from chapter 10, I am the gate. Now you may have noticed that this statement is missing from our stained glass windows. Why? I'm not exactly sure. I've attempted in the past couple of weeks to determine whether there ever was a seventh window that graced the sanctuary of St. Paul's in Hobbes, which is where these windows originated. Nobody seems to know. My guess is there were only ever six because six is an even number, and it's much easier to line up windows when you have an even number. So then the question becomes, why is it this statement, I am the gate, that was left out? I have a theory about that too. The statements, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd, they come one right after the other. They're really two parts of one response in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, and they build on each other. So I think the message in the windows is combined with I am the good shepherd. But I don't want to skip over I am the gate. It's a tricky passage, which might be another reason that it doesn't have its own window. The response from Jesus comes in chapter 10, right after the previous chapter in which Jesus has given sight to a man who was born blind. And the man with new sight claims publicly that Jesus is from God. And the religious rulers, they become angry and they question Jesus with that basic question that we talked about last week. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And Jesus responds at the top of chapter 10, which you can see if you still have your Bibles open. He responds, very truly, I tell you, 
In our last series, we talked about this phrase, very truly or verily, I tell you. It's a public oath. It means I give you my word of honor. And we find it 25 times in the Gospel of John. It points to the authority that Jesus has as the Son of God, as the blind man proclaims, but also the authority that he is gaining with the people who are following him, with the crowds that are welling up around him. So Jesus follows this oath by describing a situation that would have been pretty familiar to the people around him. Shepherding was a way of life in that culture, and it was crucial to the health of the economy. The task required constant care of the sheep who were vulnerable. They were vulnerable to weather elements and to animal predators and to human thieves. But the shepherds themselves shared those same vulnerabilities, which made the profession a really dangerous one. And it was serious business, because if the sheep were destroyed or stolen or lost, the financial impact on the family would be ruinous. So Jesus tries to help the crowds understand in an explanation in verses 3 through 5 of the gatekeeper and the sheep's ability to recognize the voice of the gatekeeper and to follow him but the scripture tells us that the people don't understand. So when Jesus tries again, he knows that one of the better tools that the shepherds have at their disposal is a sheepfold that looks a lot like this one. This was actually constructed in England, but you'll find very similar structures in the Middle East. Caves also worked well if there was no sheepfold to be found. Now, you can see here in this Photo. I've circled the opening there. The sheep could go in this way, but it was also the only way out. Now, some of the structures included literal gates, wooden structures that would secure the sheep as they slept at night. But some of them did not have literal gates. And in that case, the shepherd would sit or lie down in front of the opening and sleep there to keep the sheep safe. He would become the gate. And so following another oath, Jesus says in verse 7, which you can see if your Bibles are still open, I'm going to read from my Bible this morning, in verse 7 of chapter 10, Jesus said to them again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. Other translations say, I am the door. So Jesus continues as he describes other people who might come and try to entice the sheep from the sheepfold at their own risk and to their own peril. But I am the gate, he says again in verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the gate. Beloved, many people read this passage, and they focus on who's out, on who doesn't belong. But a gate, a door, is not only designed to keep people out, it's also designed to let people in. People like me that night on the other side of that locked glass door, wondering just what I was going to do, I was about to cry, and I looked up, and I saw a man walking down the stairs talking on the phone, but it wasn't just any man. It was one of my friends from Abilene, Texas. 
of all places, who was there for a continuing education experience, happened to be staying in the same place, just happened to be walking down the stairs at the same time. We shared a look of recognition, and of course he came to the door, and he let me in, and he gave me a hug, and I felt much better. He was so happy to see me, and I, of course, to see him, but the truth is, I would have remained outside all night long, even with him on the other side, if he hadn't been able to unlock the door and let me in. The door had to be unlocked for me to walk through it. Jesus says he is the door. He's the gate, and he's open, and he's here to invite people to a safe place, unlike other people who might come to steal and kill and destroy. He came to be the open door for everybody. He came in his own words that we would have life and have it abundantly. What we're talking about here is a a life that is full of joy of heart and strength of mind, a plentiful life, a life to the fullest. That kind of life is a gift, but it does take some faith for us to believe that such a life is really possible with everything else that's going on in the world and that Jesus is our access point to it. So I'm going to need a few volunteers. Kids, if you want to come help me right now, that might be good. Augie, you want to come help? As they're coming. Hey, can you all stand right there? I'm going to, as, is anybody else coming up? I am going to take my scissors and this piece of paper, and I'm going to make something to share with you all. Harlan's going to come up and help. The young of heart can help. Okay. My scissors are going by the wayside here. What is this? Does this look like a door, right? You see the door? Now, can I fit through the door? Not without ripping it. Augie, can you fit through the door? Olivia might fit. But the good news is that when we grow in our faith in Jesus and we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, something happens. So let's talk about some people who had good faith. Do y'all remember Noah? Noah had faith in what happened. He was saved from the big flood. That's right. And Abraham and Sarah, did they have faith? Yeah, they had faith. And they gave birth to Isaac, who helped bless a whole group of people in the whole world. And what about Moses? His people, they were stuck in Egypt. They didn't think there was any way out. And what did God do? Remember when they left Egypt, they crossed what? The Red Sea, the Red River, the Red Sea. That's right. And maybe there are some things that you're facing. You figure out there's no way through, but with faith in Jesus, as our faith grows, the door becomes bigger. You want to try?
Beloved, we are going to face closed doors at times. Sometimes those doors are going to be slammed in our faces, and that loss of opportunity is going to feel like death to us. But the good news is that the door to new life is always open. Our invitation is to take notes of the small moments with great meaning, the warm smiles, the helping hand, the rolling laughter, and to stand at the threshold of those experiences with the one who says, I am the gate, ready to welcome anyone and everyone who is seeking abundant life. Amen? Amen. We'll move now into a time of prayer. And as we do, kids, I want to remind you, in your worship bags, you will find a wooden cross. Sophia is looking for hers right now. Is it in there? And you can hold it in your hand. And as we pray, we remember that we are connected to God and to each other. just want to remind you as we move into a time of prayer that we do have a couple of celebrations of life coming up this week. So tomorrow in this space, tomorrow, Monday the 7th, in this space at 10 a.m., we will celebrate the life of Juliana Walker. And then on Saturday at 1 p.m., we will celebrate the life of Betty Farmer. So please keep the Walker and Farmer families in your prayers. I also want to let you know that the father of former pastor Travis Bennett passed away in the last week. So please be in prayer for the family of Mark Bennett. Be in prayer for Travis. If you're still in touch with him, I'm sure he would love a kind word from you. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Jesus Bread of life, feed those who are hungry. Inspire us to feed them as well as we recognize our own hunger. Jesus, light of the world, guide us in our sometimes dark and winding path. Teach us to see as you see. Jesus, the gate, fleeing wide open the doors that lead to life and lead us through them. Help us to know that you are walking with us each step of the way. We pray this in your holy and worthy name. Amen. <laughs>